All right, Tony. I'm sorry. Listen, <laughs> listen. Whenever you, <laughs> whenever you're gone a minute ago, <laughs> I said, Daniel, we should see how many times we can get Tony to restart the podcast. <laughs> so we're just being obnoxious. Oh no! I was gonna bully through it, <laughs> but then you wouldn't stop. <laughs> All right, we're ready now. Don't restart it. Let me grab a beer. (laughs) You're listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Each week, Tony Dyer leads the huddle and tackles the hottest topics around the NFL. He's joined by guests from all around the football world, bringing their insights and reactions to the news and noise of the National Football League. Subscribe now to join the huddle. Welcome back to the 57th take of this week's edition of Huddle Up, a football podcast. My name's Tony. I'm joined by Corey, as always. Hello. And Daniel. Hey. They're on their best behavior. Did you hear that? I'm going to have to play some of that other shit in there where they completely derailed this whole thing. They act like they're on their best behavior now, but I'm telling you, that's not the case. What are you talking about, Tony? Please subscribe to the podcast. It means a bunch to us. It's been a really, really wild week coming up to draft day. And when this comes out, it will be draft day. Let's just get right to it. Rob Gronkowski is signing or has been traded to Tampa Bay. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else to say other than what the hell? Where did this come from and how did it happen so fast? And what does it mean and why did it happen? Guys, let's just jump straight on into... First of all, did Rob Gronkowski dip out on New England? Is that what happened? And does Rob Gronkowski's presence in Tampa Bay make Tampa Bay a Super Bowl favorite? I don't think he dipped out on New England specifically. I think it all had to revolve around Tom Brady. If Tom would have stayed in New England, I I would for sure think that Rob Gronkowski would still be in this, in this news of coming back. Um, but he's made it very clear that he wants to follow Tom. So, yeah, I, I don't think it has anything to do with New England. I think what Tom did had a lot more to do with New England than Rob uh, Gronkowski because if Tom Brady would have stayed, Rob would have stayed. I like it. I don't know if it makes him a Super Bowl contender. Um, I do think Rob really took time off to get healthy, and I believe that he is. He says his body feels way different than it did when he quit. Um <clears throat> I think it makes them a very interesting offense. It's going to be a high-powered offense. It should be as long as Brady can perform. But, they, I mean, they say defense wins championships, offense sells tickets. So, you know, the Bucks haven't been – I mean, I, I don't know when the last time they sold out a stadium. Usually when they're on TV, there's some empty seats. So, I, I think it definitely builds excitement. Do I think it makes them a Super Bowl tender? Not necessarily – a Super Bowl contender? Not necessarily – but I think they will be high-powered. They will be dangerous. Um, I could see them being a team that, you know, they if they get into some battles, they could lose some close games, and I don't know. They could be like a 9-7 and seven team, or they could end up being like a 14-2 and two team. I guess we'll just have to see. Yeah, we're going to have to see. I, I don't know about the politics of it all. I guess Mike Giardi of the NFL, NFL Network asked Gronk, he said, there was a, I guess there was a big press conference. It was kind of cool, actually. Did, did you guys see this? A TMZ had, I don't know if it was TMZ's production or where it came from, but Gronkowski basically had a virtual press conference 
where he answered questions to reporters. Did you guys see this? Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. I, I didn't know about it. Yeah, I thought it was incredible. Mike Giardi of the NFL Network asked Gronk, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, so forgive me, Mike, but here's the, the, the idea of his message. He said, it seems like the last couple of years, even for Tom, the last couple of years, it's hard to play for Bill. And maybe that that wore on you. And I'm curious about how much that had to do with you stepping away. And now that Tom's going away, is there sort of a rebirth and sort of a stepping back with Tom? And here's what Gronkowski had to say about that. Uh, you know, uh, coach says it all the time, man. He, he always says it, that it's not an easy place to play. And, uh, you know, I'm very thankful for the nine years that I had with the New England Patriots, uh, hands down. I, I've learned so much um, under that organization I've learned so much uh, football from the best coach. Uh, hands down, that will not change. The best coach in all of football, uh, Coach Belichick. I've learned more football than I've ever had in my whole entire life under Coach Belichick and, and just learning so much under uh, just the organization of Mr. Kraft, too. I mean, there's two guys that I look up to and will always look up to. So it's very obvious that Gronkowski, I mean, if Gronkowski had ill feelings, first of all, he's not going to tell you about it, but that is a very genuine conversation. I mean, what we just heard yeah. was not a man standing in front of a microphone because I'm not, I'm going to be fine. What, what did Marshawn say? Uh, I'm here so I don't get fined. Yeah. Yeah. That's not the case. I don't think that's the case. What was the question he asked Gronk? He asked Gronk, long story short, it's hard to work to play for he it's hard to play for bill did that wear on you how much did that have to do with you stepping away and now that tom's coming back do you want to step back with tom and the beginning of the i'll, I'll play just the beginning again and i'll stop it but uh you know uh, coach says it all the time man he he always says it that it's not an easy place to play yeah, so he's completely agreeing. He's just he's saying that it's not an easy place to play. I think at this point in their career, they're both they're both looking for just a different environment where they can go have fun and play football without, you know, the harshness of that organization. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's the truth. Well, but then my other question is because the last half of that, I don't want to, I can't just play the last half of it. The other question was, now that Tom's going away, it's sort of a rebirth and you can step back with Tom. I mean, some players, some reporters, I'm sorry, fished around about this and tried to get an answer out of him. And he finally answered, here's my question. My question is, is Tom Brady forming a super team? And I think he finally gave a peek later in that interview on TMZ. Here's what he said about any kind of conversations he had had with Tom Brady. Here's uh, it's a shorter one. I said, uh, I'm definitely interested in, in your decision that you make. I mean, I didn't put any pressure on him. I said, but uh, if, if there's a right opportunity uh, out there and, uh, and you, you go somewhere and the opportunity is right. Uh, even if you go back to the Patriots and I feel like the opportunity is right. Uh, there's a, there's a possible chance that, uh, I will definitely love to reconnect. Uh, and that's where the conversation started a little bit. Uh, and he was all fired up and juiced up about it. <laughs> so uh, that was something uh, pretty cool. Knowing that, that those kind of conversations happened with Gronkowski and Tom Brady, is Tom Brady trying to form a super team? That's my question. Like the first ever NFL super team, like the real one. The Eagles acted like they had one in 2011, but that's not what I'm talking about. 
is there a legitimate chance here that Tom Brady's going to pull a bunch of guys in and make a push for the for the Super Bowl? I, I, it's hard because in the NFL, it's a lot harder to do that. You know, the super team reference comes from the NBA where there's five starters and, you know, three to four main bench guys. But we're talking about an NFL team uh, that requires a lot more bodies. But on an, on, um, a, on an offense, we're talking about Evans, Godwin, Gronk, Brady. Yeah, I mean, he came into that. He knew he knew what he was himself into. You know, he was gauging where should I go, and he was looking at the situation of, you know, I got Mike Evans as my ex receiver. I've got Chris Godwin on my offense. I can come in and and change this team with those two good receivers. And then he just happens to bring a good friend of his that he's played with at tight end for a long, long time. I mean, I don't know that he's going to be lobbying to bring anybody else, you know, in for a trade or anything like that. I think it just, I think it just happened. Now it happened when you're the goat, you, you have, you have that ability. When Peyton went to Denver, when the Colts let him go, you know, he came into that offense and he had a great team around him already with Demarius Thomas and Eric Decker. And there were guys, you know, beating down the doors to try and play for Denver. And then all of a sudden they had the best defense in the league. So I think it's just who he is and what he draws naturally without him having to do much. I agree. I I don't think he has the vision of making a super team, but like Daniel said, they had plenty of pieces in place. I mean, you got Godwin and Evans, two of the better receivers in the league. So, I mean, the weapons are there. If he's able to get Gronk there, that's great. I don't see him going out and trying to get a bunch of other guys. I mean, there really aren't a bunch of other guys to get unless you start trading for him, which I don't think will happen. So, yeah, I, I completely agree. Here's the difference, Tony. You know, in the NBA, they they you know you call these these super teams. If Tom Brady knew that he would have signed with Tampa Bay and Gronk wouldn't have come back, don't you think Tom Brady still would have signed with Tampa Bay? Because that's the difference with the with these super teams being created in the NBA. They'll say, "Yeah, I'll go here only if this guy does." But I mean, I think Tom Brady would have went to Tampa regardless, and it just kind of all worked out. I think that Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay knowing that Gronk was going with him. Sure, that's and, and that's fine. And maybe that's the closest yeah. thing I can get to a super team out of the NFL right now. Sure, I, I understand your point. The contracts and the way that stuff works out. I mean, that is different. But, I mean, come on, Devonta Freeman's a free agent. Tom Brady can have his choice of running back free agents. I do expect them to address running back in the draft. I don't expect them to address it early, but they will address it second, third round maybe. But I do fully expect them to address running back in the draft with how kind of overall um, Ronald Jones has had kind of a poor performance so far. Um, well, sure. Yeah, he's, yeah, I'm not a I'm not a Ronald Jones fan. I'm not saying that at all. Yeah, well, I mean, they're a guy down though. So Peyton Barber's gone. He's in Washington now, I believe. Um, so, yeah, they. I mean, they need depth anyway. One thing um, I wanted to point out too. One thing I was worried about as soon as I heard the rumor Gronk's coming back. Okay, we 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 see these NFL players that are you know at their quote playing weight. And we've just kind of seen Gronk thin out. Um, he's always been kind of thin because he's a tall guy, but um, I was a little worried that he wasn't going to be, he didn't have enough weight on him to be the old Gronk. You talk about the, the old Gronk and whether he's going to be, um, you know, this great part of this offense. Well, he weighed in at 250 pounds 
in his physical. And New England listed him at 268 in 2018. So if you're telling me it's only 18 pounds off, I think he could probably gain, you know, a dozen dozen or so pounds throughout the season putting that weight back on. But that's not as much as I would have originally thought. It, when you look at him, it looks like he's about 25, 30 pounds light. But that was that was good to see. Yeah, I thought it was great to see. And really, honestly, at 250, it's fine. Like, if you don't gain any more weight, Rob, that's okay. I mean, he had mentioned that he was lighter and he was faster and that he, and that his joints feel better. I mean, he was saying all the right things about cutting that weight. And, of course, he also mentioned that he's going to gain weight. So I'm not saying that he shouldn't gain weight because he can and he's going to do it easily. But, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, that was actually the first, one of the first concerns that my fiancé gave me was like, hey, he's a skinny dude. Like, he's lost a bunch of weight. So I looked it up and it was the same exact thing. Because I felt the yeah, same I, way. I mean, he looks a lot smaller than he was before. Yeah, and I don't mind it for a pass-catching ability. You know, you talk about right. his joints and being quicker, but the thing about Gronk and that makes him a Hall of Famer is that he excels at blocking, too. I mean, there's plenty of videos out there of him taking on the best defensive end on the other team and just leveling him. So that was the only concern I had with the weight. Um, wasn't really concerned about him running routes because I know that's just kind of embedded in his brain and he's going to be great at it. But um, yeah, it was it was nice to see that he's only 18 pounds off of where he weighed two years ago. Yeah, that is nice. And he's going to gain most of that back. You're right. It'll take no time at all. Yeah. So with this Gronk acquisition for the Bucks, Cameron Brait is under contract. They re-signed him to an extension, I believe, last year. O.J. Howard is coming in on his last year on his rookie deal. Uh, does this spell the end for O.J. in Tampa? It could. I mean, if if he has a super team in mind, he might just want to keep him. He might get the best out of O.J. Howard, and it's just another threat on the field. I mean, can you imagine Godwin on the left, Evans on the right? You got um, Gronk on, you know, as one tied in, and O.J. Howard as the other. I mean, that's that's pretty threatening. He he might want him there. Yeah, Tom Tom loves the double tight end set. Um you know, back in the Gronk Hernandez days, I mean, Tom Brady was just eating defenses alive. So, I mean, it would be it would be crazy to think about Tom Brady, greatest of all time to ever do it. You know, going back into shotgun, you got Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, O.J. Howard on one side lining up and like the slots, you know, he's out running around and then Gronk on the line. I mean, if you're a defense, you don't know what to do. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, in the draft, I would expect him to maybe go after O line just to help him out there a little bit. But that offense is pretty much set. Yeah, for sure. I think O line or D line, you know, in the in their first round pick, you know, depending on who falls to them, maybe a good defensive lineman falls to them. I think they address the trenches in the first, and then second, third. You could see, I mean, you could see anything. You could see wide receivers, you know. Because they've got a couple good guys uh, in the ranks. They have uh, one of my favorite guys. He's kind of a smaller slot guy from last year. His name's Scotty Miller. Um, I think he's going to be a household name coming up here soon because, you know, Tom Brady loves the slot. And Justin Watson behind Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. And maybe Tom Brady later in the round says, you know, why don't we draft one of these other guys? Say they address running back, you know, kind of early second or third round. Um, because all they have right now in the active roster is Ronald Jones and Dare Gumbuwale from last year, which is a good pass-catching running back, which is what Tom likes. But, you know, they don't have the the main guy. 
Um, so maybe they take another wide receiver. So I, I think you're right, Corey. I think they address O-line or D-line in the first and then just address skill positions to try and surround Tom Brady with as much as possible, not only this year, but if Tom comes back, you know, next year and the year after and they try to, they try to win this thing, you know, maybe they, maybe they address more offensive players the rest of the rest of the draft. It's surprising to me hear you. It's surprising to me to hear you both talk about still offensive sides. And I understand your points and it's valid, but am I not mistaken to say that Tampa Bay was one of the more porous defenses last year also? I mean, I know that they had interception problems. I mean, that's maybe, so maybe that's the issue, but do they not need significant help on defense? Could they not, is the offense not complete? I think the defense was halfway decent last year. I'm going to try to look it up here real quick. No, a respectable defense, but considering the interceptions, I mean, James Winston threw 30 interceptions last year. So that's going to take a, that's going to hurt the defense. They're not going to look good, but yeah, I, Jameis put him in constant bad positions, but I agree with you, Tony. I think if you're telling me, if, if you're asking me which side of the ball is more complete for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it's definitely offense, definitely offense. But when you look at this draft, it's all about, you know, who, who Bruce Arians and the Tampa Bay Bucs uh, brass likes the most. I think they have one of the best uh, linebackers, you know, probably that we'll see in the league. Uh, this next year, and Devin White, he was one of my favorite players to come out last year. He was only a rookie, so it was tough to kind of gauge his production because uh, he was asked to do a lot. But they have they have some decent guys. I mean, Kevin Minter on the other side on the inside linebacker position. Um, you know, their, their DBs can can use some help. Um, they don't really have a whole lot going on there, and I know there's some there's some corners that are flying up draft boards. Heck, they may even address corner in the draft. I think they're they're at a prime spot to address a cornerback position uh, come draft time. So I I think you're right, Tony. I think it'll just determine on who they have on their board and maybe who slides to them. Don't forget they still have Shaq Barrett. Um, so you know as far as he's technically an outside linebacker, but he he blitzes a lot. So when you're when you're talking about linebacker position for the Bucks. You know, it's set when you're looking at the linebacker as a roster, but um, defensive backs is definitely an area of need. They also don't forget that they have two guys that have decided to come back to the team, mostly in part, you know, by their new new face of the franchise, Tom Brady. Jason Pierre-Paul came back. So did Ndamukong Sue. So you have two guys that can rush, you know, rush the passer with Shaq Barrett. I mean, that defensive line is potent when you add in Vita Vea who they took in the draft and he's super young you know I, I think their defensive line is more shirt up than their offensive line for sure but defense as a whole definitely more of an area of need than the offense well the draft will tell us all we need to know about Tampa Bay I really believe that as of right now as a matter of fact on DraftKings Tampa Bay was just given an odds boost today it was like plus 2600 to win the Super Bowl with a $25 maximum. So I put the 25 bucks on it and I'll win a couple hundred dollars if it hits. So with DraftKings, that brings up another point. So the actual NFL draft starts, it'll be today. By the time this comes out, it'll be today. It's a Thursday episode. And there's finally sports to bet on. So Corey, hello. Best bets of the week. Corey, you got any bets of the week? 
Um, I don't have any bets of the week, but we've got some prop bets we can do here. Let's do it. Go ahead. Um, we've got, you guys want to keep track and, uh, just make a little competition out of it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay, cool. How many QBs do you think go in the top five? The under over under is two and a half in the top five. Yeah. How many QBs go in the top five pick? Oh, it's under that's under you think you think it's under. So you're basically determining because after Joe Burrow, there's going you know, to definitely be one within the first pick or two, and you're basically determining because Miami picks five, and you you have to assume that Miami's taking a quarterback. So does Miami trade up to another team, or do the Chargers trade up? Even with Miami, so if Miami trades up to three with Detroit, who's been a popular trade partner, kind of on everyone's draft board, the chart, the uh, Detroit Lions and the New York Giants, you know, they've been in a lot of trade talks just because they're sitting there at three and four. I think, I think I'm taking the over on this. I think there are going to be three quarterbacks drafted in the first five picks because I think, I think the Chargers are going to make a move. I think they know that Miami's sitting there top five and they've got to get up ahead of them if they want their quarterback that they want, whether it's Tua or Herbert, um, heck maybe even, I mean, Jordan love for all we know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take the under just my reasoning. I, Justin Herbert is trash. He's absolutely terrible. He's a check down Charlie. I don't see how any <laughs> NFL team could scout him and be like, yeah, he's worth a top five pick. So with that being said, <clears throat> as long as Jordan Love's not in the mix, I don't think there's any way he can go in the top five. But you know what? I'm not a GM, and I could be wrong, but he's he's going to be trash in the NFL. I think there are plenty of teams that have plenty of needs, and and I did step away for a second, Daniel, while you were talking about it. That it's, it's clearly under to me. I don't think there's any conversation to me about it because, I mean, there's so many other talented top-end players. I mean, oh, goodness. Now I can't think of his name. Chase Young. Come on. He's he's top three, right? He's top. Is he top five? Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, top two. So he's going number two. we know that Herbert's one. Who who's the other one? Is it whoa, Tua? Whoa. Who did you say? Burrow's one. Yeah. Burrow. I'm sorry. I was thinking about your hot take there. Burrow's one. Tua and Herbert. Is that who you said would be top five? Yeah. People are thinking yeah. Yeah. somebody's going to jump up up over five to get Herbert. Yeah. Well, maybe That's they I will. Think. I think it's either it's either Miami or the Chargers. One of them is going to make make a move, and I think that three quarterbacks are going to be taken in the top five. Well, you, I took the over. You, you take the over. The I'll take the under, and I'll take your money. How about that? Okay. We'll see, how, we'll see right, tomorrow next night. One. How many quarterbacks right. total in the first round? It's set it's set at over at uh, four and a half. So this is basically determining your tiebreaker is Jalen Hurts, essentially. Because if you're saying that I know Corey, you for some reason think Justin Herbert is trash, <laughs> he's still gonna go in the first round, right? Uh he should. Okay, well, he is <laughs> him, <laughs> Joe Burrow, Tua, and you have to figure with all these rumors that we're hearing of love that he's going to. So, I think that's the line. Whether you think some of these one of these teams in the back of the draft is going to trade up or just take their guy and Jalen Hurts, I think that's the determining factor. 
I, even though I took the bet, I actually took the bet that I think Jalen Hurts somehow slides into the first. I don't agree with it. I've just heard too much about it. He's a total wild card. You know, I'm thinking even God, New England. As much as I hate to say it, is who I'm you know, maybe predicting that goes in there and just trades trades up after they pick at 23. They trade up and get one of the late picks. I think that they somehow end up with Jalen Hurts, which would kill us all. <laughs> but even though I bet on Jalen Hurts going in the first round in DraftKings just because the odds were so good, I think I have to take the under here. I think only four QBs are getting taken in the first. I'm taking the under here also, and I think four is the maximum. For everything you just said, and I'll just leave it there. Corey, did you already go? Uh, I'm taking the under. I. I don't think there's enough first round talent in the QB position for these teams to extend into the first. I don't I definitely don't see the Patriots doing it. I I've never seen that. Well, I guess they've had Tom Brady, but I I don't think I ever re- really recall them trading up for a player let alone a quarterback. So I just don't see that happening. Um I yeah, I think even this year, did, even on even with this roster, even with this year you can't see that happening. They're going to go into week one with Brian Hoyer and No, 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 no. I think there's plenty of other options whoa. available. I think there's oh, yeah, yeah. there's I mean, so I mean, much available. I think Bill Belichick would love a guy like Jake Fromm, who's just smart. He doesn't have all the arm talent, but he's arguably the smartest quarterback in the draft. And he, you might be able to get him in the third. You know, I don't see him. Ex- you can't. Chris Ballard said it, and you, you know, Bill Belichick's smarter than Chris Ballard. He's he's got more championships. Ballard said you can't force the quarterback position. So I know the Patriots aren't going to do that. And they're not going to do that. If anybody trades in the first round to get a fifth quarterback, I think it'll be for Jake Fromm, if anybody. Really? Well, that's, that's surprising. So, Corey, with two hot takes here, Jake Fromm is good and Justin Herbert sucks. Hey, you know what, though? <laughs> I, I'm I'm going to – I'll support him. I mean, he, come on. That was a very convincing argument there to reach up for Jake Fromm. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if Jake Fromm goes in the third. Well, and that's yeah, the thing. I hope, I hope that's the, the thing. Get him in the third. I mean, geez, what if the Patriots get Jake Fromm in the fifth? I mean, what yeah, if Corey is completely out of his mind right now, and Jake Fromm falls all the way to the fifth, and it still follows the the Corey is right that that Tom Brady didn't get drafted early, guys. I mean, come on, they're going to find real talent somewhere. And they're not going to pay an arm and a leg for it. The only th- the only uh, thing that would make me think that New England would ever want to have a quarterback in the first round would be for the, that fifth round option. If they were smart enough to see, and maybe they are, and maybe it's not necessary, that they're smarter than I am. But the reality is, as the salary crap cap, oh, the salary crap, as the salary cap increases, these quarterbacks are going to get paid more and more. The only way I see New England drafting a quarterback in the first round is going to be for an absolute slam dunk. It's not going to happen. That's what I'm trying to say. Like that doesn't exist there because the 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 risk outweighs the reward. Does that make? I, yeah, I'm and, rambling. I'm yeah. yeah. You're fine. They'll and they'll Belichick. wait. They'll wait. Then they'll get a developmental piece and they'll be fine. And yes, they'll play with Brian Hoyer for a year. Yes. You know what I think they should do is not address quarterback at all and sign Jameis Winston or Cam Newton and well, sit right. down the street. That's the thing. They'll draft a fifth-round guy and then take a free agent to bridge. Yeah, I don't know why they haven't already. 
I, I don't think Bill Belichick needs an elite quarterback. He just needs somebody who can complete the plays that he calls. That's it. And I, I think if, if he feels like he has somebody that can do that, like Jared Stidham, then he's going to start Jared Stidham. Like, I don't, I don't think he's, he has QB as a need on his board and he's going to, he feels like he needs to address it. I think he's fine where he's at. If he, if that's where he has to be. I, I do agree with that only because he made Matt Castle look like a capable quarterback. All right, next question. How many wide receivers are going to be drafted in the first round? The over-under set at five and a half. Tony, what do you think? Uh, under. I'll take the under. I'll take the under. There's plenty of good wide receivers. That's the argument. I think that's what we're going to see. We're going to see really, really good wide receivers being drafted in the second and third rounds because there's so many available. Daniel? I, I could easily... You know, based on what Tony was saying, I completely agree. It's whether or not one or two get drafted kind of early. Because um, I think if, you know, we're hearing a lot of rumors about teams wanting to trade up for Henry Ruggs or trade up for Jerry Judy. And I think if a team does that, that might start a run. And I think that will determine everything. But I could also see a scenario where, you know, they're looking at their board and they're like, yeah, Jerry Judy's still here. Henry Ruggs is still here, but look at all these other guys behind him. We might as well wait because we're going to get value at our next pick. And I could easily see a few of these guys that should go in the first round that have first round talent easily get washed into the second round because, because of the depth at the position. Um, you know, I, there's a few superstars at the top, but there are a ton of good quality wide receivers I'm gonna take I'm gonna take what I want to see rather than what I what I think might happen. I'm gonna take the over because I think I think that three wide receivers are gonna go off the board in the first, you know, fifteen, sixteen picks. And I think some of these later teams like the Eagles, the Packers, um, you know, some of these teams that are looking at other wide receiver depth, I think they're just gonna have to look at their next guy and say, you know what, this guy's not gonna be available. I'm gonna take him now. You know, I think Justin Jefferson's definitely going in the first round. Um, and then you look at, you know, Jalen Rager, Denzel Mims, guys like Michael Pittman, you know, all these guys. I mean, they could all go in the first round, which is crazy. But I, I'm going to take the over. I think I think six end up getting drafted in the first round because it's an offensive league now. And I think everyone's looking for the more exciting, uh, more exciting picks of their franchise. I'm going to take the over. Cool. I'm going to take the under. I think last year was supposed to be a really good wide receiver class and how they're you saw DK Metcalf in the top 15 of some mock drafts last year. And then I think the depth made all those guys fall and you didn't see Metcalf go till late in the second. So I think we could see a similar situation. I do think the top end guys like lamb and Judy will go in the first, just because the talent's there, but I, I can see all that just falling back. So I'm going to take the under and then the last one for the first round, how many running backs will be drafted in the first round? The over under is 0.5. Uh, what do you think, Daniel? I'm taking the over. I think there there could be there could be zero, but there could easily be a number like two or three. I think Jonathan Taylor is definitely going to get taken. I think DeAndre Swift um, is going to get taken only because Jonathan Taylor may get taken. I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I mean, if if those two guys get taken, then you look at the running backs that are left. You look at these running back needy teams. I think someone might reach for him. Uh, take him in the late first jk dobbins i mean you never know where these guys are going to slip in but if you're telling me that i could take money on one running back being taken in the first round i i just feel like it's almost too easy money 
I could see a scenario where no running backs get taken just because it's the NFL way right now. You know, it's running backs are highly expendable. They don't last very long. They're just plug and play for a couple of years and then you just take another one. But I definitely think it's going to be the over on this. I'm going to slam the over. I'm taking the over too. And, and it's for the same things you said, but the one thing that you missed, I think is that we're about to see, and we, we were kind of already seeing this, but these rookie running backs, especially if taken in the first round with a fifth year option, I mean, yeah, they always have the option to hold out, but I mean, this is the only way I think to get a running back in a way that's affordable to your team. The Christian McCaffrey deal, by the way, Recently, Christian McCaffrey became the highest paid running back in football, right? And before his rookie deal was expired, so they never even got to the point with the fifth-year option. Now, Christian McCaffrey is an outlier, but if you end up with a any other first-round running back, I mean, an, a first-round talent, an all-around guy that you want to keep for five or four or five years, you can keep him on a rookie deal for five years. I think at at point five, at a one half, it's got to be over. Of course, one one running back is going to be drafted to be the franchise running back for a team, and like you said, Daniel, it could be two or three because that's the only way at this point. That's the only way to get a running back on an affordable deal. Otherwise, they just get too expensive. Look at Todd Gurley. I mean, they signed this they, when he signed his deal. It was it was so broken. I mean, you have to get them on their rookie deal. Unfortunately, I hate it. I hate it, but luckily for the player, the first round deal, the first round uh, deal does have some incentives for them too. I wish it was a little more, but that's beside the point. That's not what we're talking about. Corey, are you taking the under? Uh, I'm going to take the over, and not not because I think it's obvious, like Tony said it is. I I would say zero. Like I don't think the top, you know, those top two guys like Swift and Taylor. Like I have a feeling that they might fall to the second but i think a team could fall in love with somebody that's maybe you know listed in the top six everywhere uh like a clyde edwards hilaire who i think there's a lot of quiet buzz about i think that if there's a team like that like the seahawks did with penny uh they could just you know late in the first take one of those guys and then that's that gets you the one um but i i do think a lot of teams just are they, they probably just have a rule, no running back in the first round, just because you can find some talent in the third or fourth. We see it all the time. Now that we've gotten through uh, first round props, let's talk about some props that are a little less traditional. Will a team not get their pick in on time? Will the time clock expire? Delay of game. The, the yes is plus 110. The no is minus 150. Go ahead, Corey. Uh, I'm going to say no. Chris Ballard just did an interview last week and he was like, man, if, if everything falls apart, I'm not I'll just pick up my phone and call in the picks. So I, the teams are going to figure it out. They're going to get it done. No picks will be late. Yeah. I'll say no too. Daniel. I'm going to say yes. I, I mean, we see it in live drafts. I mean, we're sitting there watching the clock and we're like, okay, hasn't this pick been in forever? And then they just milk the clock all the way down. This is the first round after all. This is the TV production round. So then, you know, in a live draft situation, it goes all the way down to zero. The commissioner is still not on stage. We're sitting there thinking, okay, we're out of time, right? I mean, this happens during the live draft when there's no communication problems. Now we're in a completely virtual draft. I think we're definitely going to have an issue with picks getting in on time, especially with how many trades we think might happen. I mean, we're already hearing about tonight 
Atlanta wanting to move up to pick two strong and hard. Um, you know, we're talking about Denver moving up. We're talking about the Dolphins wanting to move up to three. These are the main picks that everyone always takes to the last, you know, last second. Um, and if you're sitting at three and four and five, are, I mean, aren't you just sitting there just waiting? Even if you have your pick, aren't you sitting there waiting for the calls? I, I think it's going to. I think it's going to be down to the last second. I think I think it's going to be funny, but I don't think it's. I, I think there will be a team that doesn't get their pick in in time. You think that a team won't get their pick in on time? So the next bet will be: Will any team's draft spot be moved back due to missing a pick? Yes, is plus five fifty. No, minus one thousand. I say no. I say no. Yeah, I think this one's a little more tricky because. I think we're expecting some te- technical difficulties and to punish a team, you know, it's not like a live draft where it's completely their fault if they don't get it in time. But if we're punishing a team for some technical difficulties, I think, I think that's a little bit more, it's a little more tricky. So I don't think that a team's draft spot is going to be moved any. I think they're just going to, if they experience some difficulties, they're going to say, okay, well, what is the pick? Let's get them back on the line. Even if the time's out. And I, th- I think they're going to figure it out. I don't think they're going to punish anyone though. Do you think the NFL draft will be hacked? Plus 800 minus 2,500. Minus 2,500 is very confident, by the way. Yeah, they are confident that it will not be hacked. That is really confident. They they have been hiring IT guys for days to try and come in here and make sure this doesn't happen. But, I mean, gosh, if you're – if you're smart at all and know how to hack computers, which if you do, I hate you. But I think that too many people are going to be attempting it, and I think it's going to be hacked in some way. You say Not yes? Necessarily going to, yeah, I just have a feeling that something's going to go wrong. <laughs> you know, one Going game, wrong is different than getting hacked. No, no, no. They're going to change an emblem. I mean, something. I just feel – I can feel it. You know, something's going to happen, and – you know, it'll be the talk of the night. Hey, did you hear? Did you hear about that? Did you see that? Yeah. Okay. And I think that's going to be their point. Um, and it's it's not going to be hacked to jack everything up. I think it's going to be hacked for someone to play a joke on somebody and just for something to be funny. Well, um, you know, someone, someone's emblem comes in upside down. I mean, something is going to is going to happen. I feel like. Well, the the draft itself isn't being live streamed, so it's not like the draft is on somebody's computer you got to remember they it's going to be on espn whatever they're just going to have you know screen screenshots of the guys commentating so beside you know besides that your normal picks and everything is all going to be managed by espn i don't think it can i don't think the draft itself can be hacked so i'm going to say no and hold on we were talking about this before the show what's the definition of being hacked i think if you put any money on yes here you're just losing it because I think Vegas just has all the power to say, yeah, it wasn't hacked. Well, the, but, yeah. the, but Daniel did bring up a good point. If the logo comes in upside down or if, I mean, if there's anything really obvious, like, I mean, come on. If the Colts horseshoe came in upside down on the draft pick, that would be enough to say they got hacked, right? Yeah, I mean, in what world would that be the emblem for anything submitted from, I mean, Right. I'm not saying if the Rams Corey, logo, I, I it could be something as, as, sim- as simple as instead of whatever new Rams logo there is, if it was the old Rams logo, that could be them being hacked. I mean, come on. 
Yeah, I think there's going to be some type of technical difficulty that someone somewhere else outside the draft is going to have control over that will affect something that will be in the news that someone will talk about for a couple weeks. I think it's going to be funny. Uh, We'll see. I I hope it does. I hope it happens. Whether or not the NFL – so the NFL – as you said before, is robust and is prepared and is ready for hackers. But what about all those personal accounts attached to the Wi-Fi? Will Twitter, will a Twitter account of any draftee be hacked? This is an actual bet. Where is this at? Caesars? (laughs) Yes. Will a Twitter account of a draftee be hacked? Yes is plus 550. No is minus a thousand. It's much more likely. That's what that's saying. It's much more likely for the Twitter account of a draftee than for the draft to be hacked. Do you think that the Twitter account of a draftee will be hacked? Go ahead. Are you real quick, Tony? Are you yes or no on the NFL being hacked? Oh, uh, I'll say no. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Daniel go. Then you can go, Tony. Okay. I guess I'm not really a you know conspiracy theorist, but apparently it's coming out tonight. I think someone's Twitter account is going to be hacked. And I don't think, like I said, I don't think it's going to be something that is you know, you know horrible thing. I think someone's going to get hacked into their account. Someone is because, like you said, Tony and Corey, I think you made a good point. It's a new day and age, and we're having a virtual draft in ESPN. Is going to be all over every bit of info. So let me let me throw a scenario by you. You know, we're in the top five picks. Someone just made a trade up. They know who they're going to take, but some for some reason with this draft, it takes another six seven minutes to get the pick in. Meanwhile, we get one of these players that is supposed to go top five. That their Twitter account all of a sudden updates and says, "I can't wait to be a part of such and such organization that just traded up." And then that player isn't picked, but we blow it up as though, okay, well, looks like they're going to be going here because they're look at their Twitter account. It just said this. I think, I think it is. I think Twitter accounts get hacked all the time and there was no purpose behind any of those hackings. And there's a, there's a purpose behind this one. And it's for people to get screwy and people do stupid things because these computer hackers are, uh, people that I hate, but they'll get in and do it. They'll, they'll cause some kind of friction. Someone will get an update and they're going to get the rise of the crowd that they wanted. I will cede to Corey's judgment that if in fact the NFL is hacked, it'll be covered up so well that in history it will be written as though it has not been hacked. But I don't think that's the same for the players. They don't have quite the same legal arm. And so for that reason, I'll take the yes. At plus 550, I assume there's a $25 max bid. So I'll, I'll bid 25 bucks. We'll see what happens. But yes, I think there's a, I think there's a lot that much, much higher risk of an individual player being hacked because, because as much fun as it would be to turn the horseshoe upside down, that's a lot more dangerous than it is to attack an individual account. That that so for that reason, I'll take no for the NFL draft to be hacked, but yes for an individual Twitter to be hacked, and that could be any Twitter. I don't the the, the will Twitter account of draftee be hacked was the question, but it could be a coach. I, I'm not saying that it won't be a coach. 
But yeah, so alphabet yes for a player, but it could be any of them. Corey, what do you think? I want to. Well, I'm, I would have said yes, but I'm going to say no because me and Tony's answers are identical. So I'm just going to go here with that. It just stays clean. So it's going to come say, down to the hacking. You yeah. just won't agree with me. You just refuse <laughs> to agree with me. No, I, I completely agree with you. We're, we're, our answers are 100% the same except for this last one. But I will I will throw out Laramie Tunsil uh, a few drafts ago. Somebody I don't know if it was a hack or not, but... So I did put out the video or the photo of him with a gas mask bong on. So there are people out there that might try to sabotage some stuff on Twitter. So it's definitely possible. You've been listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us at Huddle Up NFL and at Commissioner Mister on Twitter to keep up on the latest from the NFL and stay in the huddle. Huddle Up. Team on three. One, two, three. Hold on, I gotta go get a beer. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. We. We officially have. <laughs> 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 <laughs>